Hey everybody and welcome into this very special edition of Before the Crowd and unfortunately a very sad edition. Um, so I'm recording this on the evening of October 6th, 2020. And um, this is just a one-off episode in a format I've never really done before. And it's it's to commemorate the memory of Eddie Van Halen, one of the, the true legends and rock gods of the music industry, a once-in-a-lifetime performer. And we will never see his like again, I think. And as a lot of you long-time listeners know, what I, what I generally like to do in these podcasts is I'll sit down with a guest, uh, an artist, someone from the music and entertainment industry, and we often dissect a topic. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I'm just in shock over this a little bit. I've just seen this news hit, and it was just so unexpected with everything that's going on right now, obviously with the coronavirus and the pandemic and everything that we've been subjected to, I think it's it's been so easy for all of us to forget some of these icons and these, these great people out there that we just take for granted. I know myself and, and a lot of other people who are friends, family, music, it, it's just such a daily part of our lives what, that we live through. And we, we get this almost escapism from. And growing up as a teenager in England and a young adult, like I still listen to Van Halen a lot. They're still a big inspiration for me. They've listened to, uh, they've inspired a lot of bands that I listen to and will continue to listen to. So I just wanted to put this very kind of quick off the cuff episode together, um, which is actually, it's going to be our first episode for October and this will probably be released a day or two after the date of recording. And uh, I just want to take a little bit of time just to talk about this rock god, Eddie Van Halen. Talk about how he's been taken from us, part of a legacy that he's left behind. Um, and just for many ways, we're going to remember him. So I'm sat here in my home in London. I've just pulled up one of the articles that's came in. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the tabloid newspapers, but I mean, everywhere is covering this right now. And, you know, I'm just reading on the uh, a particular headline, legendary Van Halen guitarist dies of cancer. I mean, even in that headline, legendary Van Halen guitarist makes it sound like they didn't actually know his name. Um, it's a bit of an odd way to phrase it. But the rock icon who co-founded multi-million selling rock band Van Halen dies at the age of 65. And I think that's one of the main things with this as well. Like, he's 65. I mean, that's so young. I mean, obviously, with a pandemic, I mean, anyone can be taken from us at any time. But this has really choked me up just to see this this icon, this life-defining, this um, era-defining guitar player who was who's just been taken from us so suddenly. Um, so the legendary guitar player and founder of Van Halen has battled through throat cancer for 10 years. And it's interesting when someone has such an ongoing battle that, you know, people are kind of aware of as fans and kind of similar with uh, Tony Iommi, who I, I believe had throat cancer. And I think Ronnie James Dio, who had, um, um, I think he had stomach cancer just off the top of my head without double checking it and researching it. It's crazy because these guys who, you know, have still been on the road and we still watch the videos of and still talk about and debate about. It, it, it's pretty crazy just to see how they have they've passed on. But there's still these rock gods who we knew growing up. Like, I mean, remember being in bands in high school 
one of my first high school bands, which I don't think I've really talked about on this podcast much before, was called was Black Diamond after <laughs> after the Kiss song Black Diamond. And you know, just uh, being in a room full of other musicians, trying to learn our trade, trying to learn our craft, and uh, trying to play, you know, jump very badly trying to play hot for teacher trying to get those parts down I mean I remember being with my brother as well and uh, my brother's a couple of years older well he's five years older than me and he he really was the one who got me into Van Halen and he came home with the album one day I think he'd been in into the city and he'd he you know he bought the album from from HMV from the local record store and he put it in and I remember the first song I heard was was Eruption and I, I, I honestly, I just never heard anything like this before because, you know, sure, I'd kind of heard um, growing up like Senna, Kiss, Motley Crue, you know, these kind of bands, which it's still very much about the music and the songs and the structure. And of course, Van Halen's got that, this, this amazing musicality and these amazing songs that we all know and love. But just hearing Eruption and hearing the thunderous drums of Alex Van Halen and then just this... I mean, to even try to describe it is tough. You guys who are obviously listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm guessing you know the song Eruption from Van Halen. If you don't, you definitely need to go and check this out. And just hearing this um, this wailing guitar, and the thing that really hit me was I couldn't understand that this was one guitar player, this was one man. And I guess as I've got older and I've learned a little more about you know how records were made and production techniques, the fact that, you know, this was probably just hit record, he's in the room, he's in the studio, they hit record and he's gone and he's going and this guy's off. And you you know, the whammy bars, just the sheer speed and the melody as well. You can you can still sing it. I'm not going to get into <laughs> me trying to sing a guitar solo on a, on a podcast, but yeah, I mean, like, what was that? Maybe 10, 15 years ago, I guess I heard that first, maybe a little more. Um, and I remember, you know, the album cover and seeing these guys in really cool clothing, the long hair, just, you know, that that era of 80s kind of glam rock and metal. And then just hearing this this instrumental track of Eruption and it just stuck out, you know, because, you know, we all love, you know, the running with the devil and ain't talking about love. And these are absolutely great and phenomenal songs that are just um, complete crowd pleasers and these anthems. But then eruption was the thing that really stood out for me um i, w- I want to maybe go a little deeper into some of the tracks later that have really inspired me um but i just want to talk a little bit maybe about van halen's success and what well, the band van halen and, and also eddie as well um because obviously this has got to be so hard on alex his brother who these guys played together their entire lives and obviously the band went through some some lineup changes with David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar and you know um yeah that split fans a lot with Van Halen especially of that era I came along a little later because um the 80s was a bit before my time although I still loved the music you know for me that band made such an impact but um just reading some of these articles now you know uh, multi-selling rock group and um collaborated with a number of artists and of course even just reading this you forget how much of an impact he had on the mainstream, I mean, including playing the iconic guitar solo on, on Michael Jackson's Beat It, and that song that is just an absolute household tune, 
Because I think with some of these bands like Van Halen, they're seen as, you know, just, just another rock band when, you know, I don't want to name names or anything, but sometimes it's an 80s band and they're seen because of the, the spandex or the hair or whatever. But these guys were absolutely phenomenal musicians. And the fact that something like a beat hit, which doesn't need a solo, really, it's a great tune, but everyone knows the chorus. Beat it, beat it, no one wants to beat it, beat it. You know, the, um, everyone knows that, right? Um, but that guitar solo just makes that sound, and people sing the melody of that guitar solo. And I guess that's almost what I'm trying to get at with, with Ed. It's playing that it was memorable. And people can remember those solos, remember those riffs, they, they remember Eruption, uh, they remember the Beat It solo. Um, just reading a little more about kind of what happened to Eddie, you know, saying over the last 72 hours with doctors, um, they suddenly discovered his cancer spread to other organs. Um, this is something that had been reported, uh, and unfortunately they went to his brain, which is, which is very sad, but it's nice just after a little bit of research I've been doing since this news is broke that um, Eddie's wife Janie was by his side in his final moments and, and of course you know we wish his family all the best and, and our deepest condolences in, in these dark and difficult times um, um, and it's yeah oh uh, sorry, and his his son Wolfgang and brother and drummer Alex, they were also with him as well. Um, and he died in St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica. Um, and it's, just, it's devastating news. But even like, you know, um, remember seeing some live footage uh, of them playing up to a couple of years ago. Um, so knowing now what we, what we know from doing a bit of researching and digging into this, but... He's been battling cancer for 10 years. And I think the fact that he was still playing to such a high standard up to a couple of years ago, like, it's incredible. Um, it's a great so here, great quote here from his son saying, he was the best father I could ever ask for. For every moment I've shared with him on and off stage was a gift. My heart is broken. I don't think I'll ever recover from the loss. I love you so much, Pop. Um, from his from his son Wolfgang, who, um, as I'm sure fans of the band would know, uh, his son became the bassist of the band as well. And um, I think that from everything I've read and everything I know, it really sums up Eddie and, and that whole family, really. Like, you know, when he was died, his, his wife Janie was by his bedside and it was, it was a family band. I mean, Eddie on guitar, his brother Alex was on drums and and his son Wolfgang on bass. Um, I mean, that's amazing. Um, especially now, you know, when we just look back and consider this. And the thing, and I was just talking to a friend tonight about this once. Well, she actually told me, uh, this is where I heard it from, from my friend, that, that the news had broken. We were really thinking about, you know, when Van Halen were up and coming and, and, and uh, Eddie was a kid and learning. The fact that there was no YouTube that was you know nowadays we're just so used to just sticking something on listening to it rewinding it watching it back but he was just an absolute pioneer of guitar playing and the thing about that is I think we often take it for granted and his musicality the skills he 
uh, like I said, he not only de developed them, he pioneered them as a guitar player in the industry, as an inspirer, as a rock god as well, and, and from all accounts, um, <laughs> an absolute joker, and just a lovely guy to be around as well. Um, and just the fact when you, you know, hear he's had this tenure battle with cancer, it's so sad and reading about, you know, how Eddie was a heavy smoker back in the day and, I, you know, back then, I guess, people didn't know about it. Um, and it, it it's difficult when you look at some of these press articles and you don't know what's real and what's not. And I'm obviously not a medical man, but reading, you know, people around Eddie was a heavy smoker. Um, but Eddie himself had said in, in previous quotes and interviews, he maintained that he developed... Uh, throat cancer from his habit of carrying a metal guitar pick in his mouth so frequently um, I I, I can't really comment on that, I don't know if that would have had an impact or if it wouldn't and, and I don't really want to get into it too much I'm not a medical professional and I'm not I can't really comment on it but it's sad when over the last five years he's been flying back and forth between America and Germany to receive radiation treatment and um, in, in the year 2000, he apparently underwent surgery where a third of his tongue was removed. Um, and he was cancer-free in 2002. But unfortunately, you know, this disease returned. And it's something that is really sad to hear and to see. And what's really stuck out to me a lot as well is how many artists just, just take into Instagram and Twitter. I've seen Nikki Six. Motley Crue, Mike Portnoy of Dream Theatre, previously of Dream Theatre, just to name a couple who who have instantly taken to this, and Kiss as well, who have just gone, you know, what an absolute legend, what an absolute rock god, and, and now he's gone. Um, speaking from my own perspective, as a fan as well, it, it has really hit me hard, because... Like I said, kind of at the beginning of this podcast, things that we just take for granted, the rock stars, the legends around us, they can just go at any moment. And I think the one thing that, you know, at times like this, I really take from it is the ability to, you know, harness the, uh, the gratefulness I have for the people around me, my friends, my family and my loved ones. Um, the people who I grew up with, the people I'm I've, I'm meeting, the people I see on a ba daily basis. <laughs> Excuse me. And like I said, the family. I mean, going back to my brother, he was the one who kind of introduced me um, to Van Halen back in the day when, when you know, we were teenagers, and he was kind of like, I think he must have been at high school, and high school, and maybe I was I was about to start high school, and you know, a friend at school had probably shown him, you know, and he went and, and he bought the CD or whatever, and. And bought it home and just this oh my god what is this and <laughs> do you remember um when we got the the cd for 1984 um you know the infamous van halen album and it the little cherub baby with the <laughs> with the cigarette and it's not that iconic cover and just kind of my mum just kind of being horrified on it and thinking it looked awful you know it wasn't a million miles away from the um uh, the Black Sabbath, uh, Heaven and Hell cover, cover, and the Smoking Angels as well. But um, yeah, it's a great, great album cover as well. And you know, uh, looking at that album and various ones, I mean, 
1984 was a defining album say the least I think um that was I'm not trying to think when I heard that f- first I guess because uh, I mean you know what I'm gonna pull up these track lists I think and just have a little look at some of these from uh, from 1984 because I want to get the ordering right as well as we talk about it. I don't want to jump around. I don't want to miss one. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, straight away, just pulling this up now in front of me. Starting off with 1984. I mean, what a killer opening to an album. And that's one thing that I think was so right kind of back in the day that these were albums and these were projects and then second track on the album so we've got 1984 opening it up straight into jump a classic song that is played all over the world still to this day um so iconic you know the the joint guitar and keyboard solos um then going into panama and i guess maybe like you know you could argue we were kind of more on the um the poppy side of van halen with these couple of songs, um, hits to be sure, but also fan favorites, and that's one thing that I th- I think Eddie and the whole band was good with, was they were actually able to write a song that their fans liked, the fans appreciated. As I said, you know, between David and Sammy, there was a lot of disparity uh, between what people liked, what people preferred. It did change the face of the band, but the the instrumentation. It never wavered, in my opinion. It was it was always fantastic. Um, like I was saying on Jump, just these fantastic lines. Um, and, and the same on Panama. And on that album, I really like how those two tracks sort of go hand in hand with each other. But for me, I mean, we we could definitely go through this um, this album track by track and dissect it in depth. But I. <laughs> I think I could quite easily turn this into a three-hour podcast. And I do want to maybe do some more in the future about kind of remembering Eddie and Van Halen, but maybe looking more in depth at um, the songs, the instrumentation, the arrangement. Um, And it would be great to get some guests on as well to do that. But for me, the purpose of this podcast was just to, to give you guys my initial reactions and my initial thoughts um, right after this news is broke with Eddie, but on 1984, I will say this, uh, what, well, just about Van Halen in general, like, in terms of their musicality, um, and what they brought to the world of, of rock, um, was Hot for Teacher. I mean, as a drummer, that intro drum part, like, like so many people, people thought it was a, it was a motorbike, they, we couldn't work it out what it was and then it's obviously Alex Van Halen now which we all know excuse me and you've got this thunderous drum intro and then just relentless uh, drum pattern you know the first part of the song and then just when you think okay that can't be top that's the defining part of this song this drum intro boom Eddie comes in with this absolutely 
face melting solo <laughs> to borrow a phrase from the school of rock fair this face melting solo and hot for teacher and you know this wonderful kind of up-tempo kind of bluesy swing feel to the song um that was the great thing about this band and, and eddie i think is is often underrated as a rhythm player is that these songs made you move the hot for teacher that got you dancing and you see you can't sit still this this combination of two brothers Eddie on guitar, Alex on drums, that can make you move. And I think Eddie is rightfully so. He is remembered for these absolutely, you know, out of this world solos, which are great. But he's a great rhythm player as well. You know, he could support a vocalist. He had the musicality of, of knowing when to play what notes to me. He knew when to let the drums or the vocals or, or the bass or the keys you know, take their part and take take the lead on a song. And he also, he knew when to play and he knew what to play and when to play. And I think that's, that skill and that musicality is just something that, I don't want to say it's lost today, but it's an art form. And, you know, that, that band of just being able to work together so seamlessly is something we're never, ever going to forget. Um... You know, I I think I could be here all day talking about Van Halen and Eddie and everything they did, but without getting too much into the tracks, I I guess I want to just talk a little bit about the legacy that Eddie is going to leave him in. Of course, through through his child Wolfgang, um, who was as I mentioned, he he joined Van Halen in in two thousand and six, I believe, as their bass player, and so obviously you know leaving part of that Van Halen legacy uh, through his bloodline, through his genes in the world, um, which I'm sure nobody will complain about. Um, but the child of Eddie is, is still walking the earth. I think that's pretty cool. But just the influence he has on other players, I mean, like, if we take uh, the band Steel Panther, they completely attribute themselves. Well, maybe not completely, it's unfair to say, but a huge part of their influence it's down to Van Halen and they're very, very open about this and that that style of uh highly technical, intense rock music, um, I think Van Halen really, really laid the groundwork for it and they really pioneered. Whereas, you know, like uh, not to rat on any of the bad eighties bands or anything, but you know, I guess there were a lot of maybe copycats, hangers-on, however you want to phrase it, you know. They were okay musicians, they were good, but sometimes I, I felt with some of the 80s band, it's very much an image thing, and it was it was the big hair, it was the spandex, it was the selling point, um, which is fine, that's the era, you know, there's always going to be people who want to get on the bandwagon, why wouldn't you? I mean, it looked like a hell of a time to be alive, a hell of a time to be in music. Um, and yeah, Van Halen had that look too, but... As mentioned before, this absolute like kind of unwavering um, musicality, which for me just inspired myself and our generation of musicians, and I think will continue to as well. Um, and I really hope you know as I start to teach more and more music now that it's so great when you you see kids um come up and you know teenagers and, and they're doing what we did which is sitting in a room sucking playing music and they're finding these songs and it's just learning how to play just endless relentless shredding 
and you know like I remember as a kid like you know having um pictures of Van Halen and, and like studying this band and thinking how cool they looked as well as listening to the music and just being like oh my god like these guys are on fire like <laughs> almost not understanding what was happening because it was so cool and it was like nothing I'd ever heard before so I think it's really important for us to remember this influence that they had not only on their generation at the time because you know kind of since Hendrix I think it's fair to say the world had never really seen a guitar player like this but just led you know this six stringed in- instrument in a direction that no one had ever seen before um, and, and one other thing, maybe just to mention on that as well, is just how badass the guitar looked. You know that that beautiful pattern that Eddie played. You know the uh, the red guitar with the the white and the and the black kind of stripes and slashes across it. I mean, what a classic look. Um, I mean, that's just defining as well. What I always think, I always feel and think when you sort of you see pictures of Eddie and he's not playing that. I just want to see that red and white one again. It <laughs> just looks great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I seem to remember think, reading or, or thinking that Dimebag Durrell was, was buried with a guitar of Eddie's. That, that might be wrong. I'm not sure. Maybe I need to check that. Um, but yeah, just that classic Van Halen look as well. And one thing I love what, watching Eddie in his later years, when he is playing, you know, some slightly different guitars and stuff is... You know, he you know, he cut his hair, he, he changed with the times, kinda of, you know, got the grey hair, got a little beard, a little goatee, you know, he kinda of modernised himself, I guess. Uh, in terms of appearance. You see him, you know, playing like Hot Teacher or Eruption or like any of his like amazing solos or um kind of any Van Halen track really, but none of them are easy per se. But Eddie makes them look easy. You see him on stage, he's like you know, not a huge showman, he's not jumping everywhere, he, none of that, he's just up on stage, he's doing his thing, and he's smiling, and he's making it look like the easiest thing in the world, but you can just see in his face that he loves it, and for me, that's the absolute pinnacle of music, and why we do music, and what it's all about, so I guess for me, kind of, and these are all my final thoughts that I want to leave you guys with as my listeners is is just for how we can remember Eddie and what he's remembered for. Uh, and I know for me now, like, by the end of this podcast, I'm, I'm going to go away and I'm going to stick on some Van Halen in my headphones. And I'm going to go listen to this amazing band and remember this amazing man. Um, thank you, Eddie, for all the inspiration you've given to me, my friends, uh, the legacy that you've left behind, and we will never see your like again. You're one in a million, um, and may you rest in peace. And finally, thanks to all you guys for tuning in and listening to this very special one-off episode of Before the Crowd. Um, Thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next one.